Hello, this is Moshe Shweid. The following presentation on tracing the early origins of saying Ladavid during the months of El and Tishrei will be presented in two parts. Here is part one and stay tuned for part two. Due to technical difficulties, audio only will be available and there won't be any video. Welcome back, Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brutt. We have another special episode. We did one on Yudah HaLevi, Tisha B'Av Time, and it got tremendous feedback and an incredible amount of attention. It had over 6,000 views, and Rabbi Brutt figured people like the content that is not directly related to Parsha or Daf, and let's see, let's give it to the people, give it to the audience, and let's see the feedback on this one. So the topic today is tracing the early origins of saying the David Hashem Ayyubishi. Many of us have the minig to say this twice a day, Shachris, some say it by Mincha, some say it by Mayriv. Some people, if they're fortunate enough to Davin by a Sfar minion Mincha and an Ashkaz minion for Mayriv, they say it three times a day. Now, those we're going to see who don't say it at all. And we are here to learn more about this minig. Rabbi Brat, how are you today? Baruch Hashem. So, you're Baruch going to tell Hashem. us that Dov has been something I've heard from you. You even have plans one day to write a Sefer about. So, that means that you've spent quite a few hours, days, months on the topic. So, maybe tell us a little bit about how you got into it, a general introduction of what this topic entails. Okay, so number a few introductions, as you just said. One is like this. Many, I fell into this Derek Agav while working in a on the topic of it started with um, sleeping on Rosh Hashanah, the sort tracing the sources of sleeping on Rosh Hashanah, which ended up getting into all, many different areas of Rosh Hashanah. Then somehow it got to Yom Kippur, and then somehow it got even to Ishana Rabbah. Somehow, through this, at one point, it already expanded backwards to L. And and uh, while looking into certain things, I looked. I start. I start to. I was testing out something. And now, Ludovic has already been discussed by many people. So I assumed that it was already Kfardashu uh, Be Rabim, as the the without quoting the rest of the piskam that's used for this. So I said, okay, I don't have anything really to say about Ladavid. But then different things um, were said at the time. A friend of mine, which we'll get to, had an interesting point. And bottom line is I decided to look into it. And then I fell into a tremendous, tremendous rabbit hole, which I am still in. That was number one. Number two is that what sparked my interest further was that in recent and I and then I and I actually wrote about it in a few different versions of articles about it, published in a few different places, um, and different nuschais each time expanding, expanding. And then okay, I and then I actually published in a small booklet called the Kute Eliezer, um, a few articles of mine about twelve years ago. Okay, fine, very good. So I figured um, that's it. There's nothing more. To, there's plenty more to say about it because I was only trying to do certain things, and that's it. In the past 12 years, I've come across many different sources, many different things and discussions that people still talk about. And for some reason, it's a very fun topic of Rabbanim um, to talk about um, about this minute, where's, where's it come from, and then to ex- try to explain, looking through Ludovic, what it has to do with these special days. And I heard many different speeches about it, and I read different articles about it, and I, still, and I see that it's, they're full of mistakes. I'm not going to bother to list out all the people what the mistakes are, um, but but in short, there are a lot of mistakes out there, and I decided, you know, even though it's been twelve years, I'm going to revisit the topic a little bit and with all my additions. So tonight, today, tonight, for me actually, I'm going to discuss some of the materials that I have had that I've discovered up till now. Now, to be clear, this is not my discoveries. Some of these discoveries are built on discoveries of other people, but it's the combination of everything putting together. And adding to it, checking into different things, as I'll mention. The third and final introduction to this topic is um, is that this is ge- this is related to a more general subject of of interest of mine, which is the noisy of 
the understanding the Siddur and understanding the Bechlal davening in general and how the Siddur that we have developed. When I was a Bachar already, I asked a, a tremendous Tamil Chacham, could he recommend to me a Sefer to explain how davening develops? All the different parts of davening, how, when were they put there, and it's stuff like that, and, and the gear size, and not, not only to underst- first to understand when it came into the Siddur, and then to understand what it is, why is it being said specifically here. So he told me there's no such there's no such safer. There have been attempts, and I've been uh, hunting these works down ever since. And until today, uh, this question I asked this person was something like 20, 25 years ago. And today there have been many works, articles on specific topics, but there is no one uh, book. I'm, I'm Actually, people ask me all the time about it. Now, so th- what I did over here with this topic, some of what will come clear, this is a also a method how it has to be done for the rest of, uh, for all of davening, so to speak. And Mirza Shem, I, I actually did try for some other th- things also, and other people are working on different aspects about this. So those are three general, general topic um, introductions of how I got to this. But uh, a, a, one more short introduction is, what am I trying to do with my presentation? You say, I'm not coming here today to try to learn up this capital, and then to explain um, wh- um, what the connection between this capital and the different achreinim, how they learn it up, or some people use the rishonim on Tehillim, which there are plenty, Baruch Hashem, to explain it and the connection. I'm trying to understand is how and when did this come, so when did this become so widespread, and what is our, so far to date, our earliest source that we could say, says in black and white, um, to say it during the months of El Tishrei. That's my goal. And I, to, just to illustrate it with one short story of recent times, and through this I actually think people will be able to relate more, although it's a little more comical, but people will be able to understand more what I'm going to be getting to eventually. And that is as follows. A few, a few, I think it's already a few months ago, someone uh, made a uh, speech, a short, very short speech, less than two minutes, and in and in the speech, someone recorded him, and he said the he said in the speech without getting into all the things that he said, but he spoke about he want he likes to drink rishis cold seltzer. Okay, fine. Now at the time, I actually probably around that time I did come across. I don't follow Twitter, um, sadly, but I somehow came across the song that was turned from it. I heard it, and that was it. I did not know that it became a very very big um, thing. Fast forward to two, three weeks ago, the summer, Ramape Chemish. We're not, I, don't live in, I live in Ramape Chemish. And I have a son, about nine years old. He's in camp. And, and all of a sudden, he's starting to drink seltzer. He want, we, we drink seltzer, but he's starting to drink seltzer. He never drinks seltzer. No idea why. And then he, he said something about vicious cold seltzer or something. No idea what's going on. Till we figured out, during the color, after listening to the Color War songs, and the whole and video of what went on in the camp, that basically that song that was made in month in, in I think it was Muncie maybe, was it spread to that in camp? It was the song that they played the whole day. That these little kids who don't even know what 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 what's even talking about were talking about drinking Rish's cold seltzer, and it was the song playing nonstop for a good few hours every day. It was related somehow in color war, and this kid that's why he wanted to drink uh, cold seltzer now. But now, this poor guy who said this, gave that speech for a minute and a half, he had no idea that anyone was ever going to, he knew that he was being recorded, but he had no idea that it's eventually going to make it to the subject of articles, Twitters, songs. Um, it's quoted, I believe, even in the senator's speech um, um, already. He never thought such a thing. Some, this, what happens is, is that someone says something, and now the question is how it gets all over. Them. Today, we understand, because we have the Internet, and now there's between, the Internet is nothing. There's WhatsApp groups and Twitters. and So it gets spread in seconds. But, in the, but way back, not 30 years ago even, if something um, spread, it took time for it to spread. And if you go further back, it took even more time to spread. So, when we're, so I'm, my attempt to, today that I would like to do is, if I could pinpoint Be'erech, who, as far as we know, he's the person that did it, but then who's, just because I find it in some whacked-out safer, or or it's, it's not a whacked-out safer, it could be a very Hashem safer at that time, but maybe no one else heard of it. So how do I know how it gets accepted to start becoming so widespread that today it's like the first speech. As soon as El becomes, everyone talks about it. Yes, in the olden days, 
Um, people used to faint when they heard the cry of El, um, when they heard Rechel's benching of El, the famous, uh, all the different sources of that. And then the next thing is, uh, we start saying Ladavid. Some people, uh, no, the Grah didn't say Ladavid. I'm a Gronik all of a sudden. And the other people are like, okay, we have to say Ladavid. And we say Ladavid. And then, and then somehow it, get, it gets in there. So these are my um, short introductions. Sorry for being so long, but let's get going. Okay. So before you get going, as you've done so well with all the topics you've discussed, has really gone through the history um, from source till today. You know, whether how something was learned, how Israel learned, right? How Kachim was learned throughout the generations. I think this is really what you're attempting to do with Ladavid, where did it start and how did it spread? And, and where are we today with it? Um, a couple of things. Um, I put this out that we're doing this recording. We got, um, at this point, I put it out a few minutes ago. Um, one person sent me the recording from Dr. Schneer Lyman. Is that something that you're aware of? Yes, Baruch Hashem. I, I'm well aware of it. I, I, I cited it right into my article. I expand on what he says, and we'll get to the Mir Tashem soon and, enough. And, and he enjoyed what, and he enjoyed, and he definitely enjoyed what I added to the conversation of what he did. I took it much, much further than him. Um, but what he said, the the source actually one of the sources that he quoted was an excellent source to springboard me into my rabbit hole further. And I think I've mentioned publicly that um, Dr. Lyman was one of my sources to get introduced to you, um, how we started originally. So that is one thing. Somebody else asked if he heard that there may be some source that is from a. Sebastian, I'm probably not pronouncing it properly. You could correct me. Um, safer, and that's where people got it from. Sebastians. Sebastians. I understand if you're living in Lakewood. Sebastians, you didn't hear um, Nachi Weinstein's whole series of uh, I don't even know how many lectures he has on the Sunday. Twelve to fifteen, at least. So Sebastian, uh, all out. Sir, how many? Did he, how many does he have? Got to be twelve to fifteen. Many. Yeah, so a special series in his chatter, in his uh, Svarim chatter thing. So, so yes, so we will, Amir Tashem, get to it a little bit in the course of uh, this discussion. Yes, Amir Tashem. Okay, fine. So, as we began, David is the topic here. Take it away. Okay, so first I'm going to begin with a general introduction, and then we're going to, and uh, a little bit to, leading into David, and then we're going to get to tracing exactly. First, I like this. We know Sefer Tehillim plays a very important role in our in general, for us Jews, but specifically for davening. Avram Berliner in his Aras on Siddur shows, I think says that something, some number of over 50 complete kapitlach somehow make it into Tehillim, and hundreds more psukim are partially found all over davening. Um, Ezra Malamed has a whole article where he traces all different, where he collects all different things showing on a crazy amount how, if you're going through all different, it's between Svardim also, every all types of Yidin, a crazy amount of Tehillim ends up in, in our Siddur at one point or another throughout the year. Okay. There's also an age-old minig, which goes very, very far back, that people say to, that people used to say Tehillim daily. They still do. People do it. Some people finish it weekly, monthly. It's a whole, a whole discussion, the origins of that. But when you move into Elul, specifically starting Elul, so the, the Sefer Mata Ephraim, which we'll get to soon, he talks about that there's a minute to finish it a few times. And some, some uh, speaking of Sabatians, some people try to link it that this minig really is a Sabatian minig, but it's not. It's for sure not already way before Sabatians, let's say, in the in Tzfas, in the times of the Arizal, in a letter that was printed, we have that they would, that they Taka would say, to, they, there was a minig to, to say all of Tehillim over El. And so it's not, it's, it, it predates it. And there's, others, there's many other sources for this. But in general, in the Yom Naram, especially once you get to Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, Shana Rabbah, Tehillim is mamish said. Uh, people had a meaning specifically to just say it over Rosh Hashanah, over Yom Kippur, staying up the whole night Yom Kippur, Hashanah Rabbah. And Tehillim play, basically plays a very important point, important part of Klal Yisrael's davening, and specifically in these days of Elul and the Yom Naram. I traced it, the, the Minhagim of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur with Tillam, I traced in, in a very big article about it, but this well, today we're focusing on Elul with Ludavid. So some try to point out that Ludavid is not only said during Elul and Tishrei, it's also said in other times of the year. 
Now, one has to be very careful in general. Is just because something says in an article does not mean that it says it. There could be mistakes. And what I'm saying also, there could be mistakes. So one always has to check up everything. Um, big is a famous piskam. And when one checks up things inside, a lot of times the story appears to be much different than what's said. So some of these tr- some of these times that they find that Ludovic is said is a mistake, but there are clearly in some lists predating um, um, the 1700s, even earlier than the 1700s, we find that people would say Ludovic amongst other capital daily. Specifically, already in the, this is already um, in the seventeen. This is already in the mid seventeen hundreds. A beautiful sefer Kafanaki that was printed a, a Hashavid from Morocco that the Chida quotes from manuscript. But today we are Zaycha that was printed in recent years. He says that the Yidden in Morocco by him they used to say it daily by around um, before Meyer they would say Ludavid, nothing to do with El nothing to do with Tishrei. He doesn't say why they had other Kapilot. They also would say, but Akapanim. It seems also there's a Chida that says that there was a minig that people would say it all year round. Okay, but Ashkenazi Jews, it became accepted to start saying it when in Elul and Tishrei twice a day. And we're not going to get into if it's Shachris Mincha or Shachris Mayriv and what's behind that and how that happened. We'll just touch on it later on. Okay, just now, to, if you fast forward, um, one way to when you're tracking, trying to track down um, different types of things, if it's accepted or not, very good sources, autobiographical accounts of people. So in a very interesting autobiography from Bernard Drachman, he talks about, he was on a train, and this, this my friend Shimon Steinmetz, he pointed this out to me many years ago, and basically he was on a train, they were davening, and this Drachman said, he pointed out to them that you forgot to say the 27th parak of Tehillim. Don't you know it's the month of Elul, which we say this Tehillim? He said, morning and evening. And this person said, Taka Emes. It's really true. And then he says to his, his, his neighbor, he says, it's a shame and a disgrace that a Deitch had to remind us Galiziana Yidin that we have to say this capital. Okay. Anyway, we see that, in, and this is taking place after the 1870s on a train. He was traveling. He was he was visiting. He was visiting Europe, and he was traveling from different places in Galicia. Okay. In a safer, um, a fascinating safer, uh, Yosef Doiv Shachar, who was a Talmud of Alajan, a very clo- a relative of the Nativ, very close to many Gedolim, including Reb Chaim Berlin. So it seems that in his drushes, when he used to give, in, when they talk about his drushes of El, his wife said over that he would talk about the Kapitlach of Tehillim of the David, and he would go through it um, very slowly, explaining it to his Tzibur always. Okay, so here we see a, a, a more Litvish source um, also from that period of time that it was accepted to say. Okay, fine. So these are just um, very um, some just to throw out there. Okay, now let's get to um, to the to the to the bottom line. What is the story of the David and, and could we um, pinpoint what it is? So um, Basically, it seems, and this is I'm, I'm building off the conclusions of, of, of various different people, ready for 100 years, they've been claiming it, but as time goes on, we're able to say with more certainty that this date and this source is the source, because, first of all, more svarm are available today than ever before, manuscripts are being printed, so we, a lot of times, could establish different um, information over time with more and more about it. And basically, that is in 1706, a sefer is printed. It's called Shemtev Katon from Rabbi Yaman Benish Akoyin. And inside this mechaber, it's a, a the sefer. He um, he has Arichus and says, and I will quote his lashon. Um, I will not quote his whole lashon because uh, it's uh, it's long. It's over. It's a page and a half. But basically, in this sefer, which we'll also discuss what is the nature of the Sefer, and what is the significance of the Sefer, and what we know about the author, which is also interesting to relate to this, to this conversation. It says like this, and, he's, and as you, if you look up this whole piece, you'll see he's referring to this David. Even if there's a tremendous Gzeira on the person, it's a tremendous thing, and um, that if you say this capital, now note, his timing is from Rosh El until after Simchas Tyre. Okay. Then he says, Morning and evening. All different 
kitrugim on him. He goes on to Barichos explaining why that is, and this is way above my pay grade. This deals with the Nyanim of Kabbalah, um, where he shows that the, with the with the different aspects that he how he what he sees in this capital, not so much what he sees in the capital in the Havan of the of the actual words, but different words represent different things in Kabbalah. As I said, way above my pay grade. And it's over a page about it, and I leave that for the Mukubalim to explain the the um, what's going on over here. Then he says another aspect. He says also there's also an aspect to say it on Shani v'Chamishi of Elul when you're already fasting, especially on um, on Sarasi May Chuva after Shmeinesri. So there's a, so that's a second aspect of this saying this capital. Okay, fine. Now, just because a guy writes this, a guy, I'm not saying a guy, we're talking about, a, it turns out, a very, very hush of a person, in 1706 in the Sefer, like, how does this get anywhere? How does this get to the vicious cold seltzer that I mentioned in the beginning? So, a few years later, he publishes another Sefer called Amtachas Ben Yamin, and this Sefer also, hey, he mentions the Skula, and this Sefer, he actually even adds some another schooler relating to saying Ladavid, that if one says it at a, um, with, in his, let's say you're in your house and you have a safer tire in your house and you have a cloth with this capital of, Mizmar, of, um, of this Mizmar Ladavid Hashem Ayri, unbelievable also uh, the, what's going to be opened up for you, for your tefillahs, v'chulu v'chulu, he talks about this. Now then, it, so, he, and, and, but he also brings in the say in this safer. I'm talking there. He's talking more. Of, I think it's about um, um, helping out a school for Magafus, which normally we would say it's not Nogaya today, but it is. I always love hearing from you. You talk about Segulas. knowing your background. Schoolers really get you going. So thank you for sharing with the audience. A schooler, yes, yes, definitely correct, correct. Now, now. Basically, I'm talking about Yaman. So there, he talks about it more. But say there, fine. But still, how does this help us getting out, get it out there? So, so first is that although today, the safer is not really well known. Okay, yes, there's Hebrew books. There's Aitzah Chachmi. You can find it easily. But after he printed in 1706, through the 1700s, it was printed eight or nine times. So, in 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 practical words to explain, that means it was a pretty very popular work, very considered like sort of a bestseller. Now, why was it a bestseller? Because this is a school of safer. There's a lot of schoolers in here to do, and if you do them, you'll get whatever whatever happens. It's not only a school of safer. There's other aspects of the safer, and I'm not going to get into all the all the different aspects of the safer, but that it, it has a lot of schoolers. But this skula, it's not a stama skula, you know, you give 19 shekel at the time, 3 o'clock, at, 3 o'clock in the evening, and your eyes are closed, and who knows what's going to happen. Here, it's saying a capital tehillim, um, so it's a whole different type of a thing. Okay. Okay, fine. So it, it get, so we now establish that it's a popular safer, and still, but this is not explaining how it's getting into the Siddur. Now, research has shown you cannot find it in any Siddurim before the 1700s. That's a significant thing to prove that, to helping with this date. Fine. Lemaise, but this Sefer only becomes very popular from the 1740s and onwards. I don't know what happened in those 30 years, um, why it wasn't as popular. But another Sefer comes along, and that is called the Sefer Zechira. This Sefer is printed in 1709. He quotes Mamish this piece from Shem Tev Katan, um, and he uses the Shem Tev Katan for other stuff. And this is a, a, a massive Sefer of Skulis, and it became also a best-selling Sefer somewhere from the 1730s. Once you hit the 1800s, the Sefer is printed numerous, numerous times. Adayayim, it's a famous Sefer that people love to quote for different Skulis that we do. Um, about 10, 15 years ago, someone went and tried to figure out most of the Makairus of the Sefer, but one early source was the Shem Tev Katan. So now here we already have the expanding. It's not only the Shem Tev Katan that's the early source, it's the Sefer Zahira, which was also a very popular Sefer. So we have two Segulus Svarim that are very popular in Eastern Europe <coughs> in these years, and that's the first early sources that have this to say this. But it has help. There's a Sefer called Shara Melech, which is an excellent drush safer from a rav, first printed in the 1760s from Remartcha, um, I think it was the Avbezdin of, I can't even pronounce this, so I'm not even going to bother to break my teeth. But the safer is a beautiful safer. I've gone through a lot of, a, a lot of the safer, full of interesting things. 
And this safer was also very popular and from 1766 until 1797. It's printed six times. Okay, so it's printed six times. But what does he say? He also says the same Nakuda that Ludavid is a special thing, but he but he adds, he says like this. Um, I'm going to talk about So he's already telling you that in 1766, and he's really probably referring to earlier, it's only printed in 1766, that and then he gives his own explanation um, what's behind the what's behind the connection between this capital and El and the Amnaram. But he but the point is now we have another safer that's also a very popular Drush safer uh, in those years. Now what's fascinating is in the 1700s, when it's from 1766 to 1797, it's printed six times. For those that don't understand the history of printing in those days, that means it was also a very popular work. In general, printers didn't print books that couldn't sell. It's printed six times, that's beyond popular. But after the 1797, it's pretty much not printed until, you know, whatever, 30 years ago. And I think there's a nice edition I might have once seen about it. Anyway, okay. But it's still not found in any Sidurim. So now how, do, so so at this point, yes, it's probably a nice school that was, that people heard of. And this, already we now have three Hasheva sources that are saying it. Comes along somewhere in the 1790s, the Chida brings it down. <coughs> also, which also was popular in certain circles. But that, but the Chidaz Chibor, I do not believe at that time was popular in the Eastern Europe circles so much. But that's a different that's a different discussion. Now, in 1794, one of the early Siduri, what's called the Sidur, the Hasidish Sidurim, so to speak, which is based on the Sidur Arizal, which is its own long conversation from it's called Sidur Shapsi. He quotes this thing. From where it's, I don't know if he quotes the, I don't remember if he quotes the exact that he's quoting from the Shem Tevkatim, but it's clear he's quoting the Shem Tevkatim. So now we have in a sefer that, became, at least in those years, especially in the Hasidic world, that's also a very important sefer that has this meaning brought down. Now, moving back, also in those years, and again, I promised that eventually, I, I promised, I believe already before that I will get back to him in a special episode. But the hafla in his panim yafas and vayikra, I'm learning it one day, and I see, but then I see that the other people, uh, plenty of other people, quote this. He says, So he's talking about his time. He dies in 1805. Although the sefer is printed from manuscript that Rabbi Fraim Zalman Golis bought, it's printed only in the 1820s. But we see that that flow who dies in 1805 is talking about a minig that that people were doing in his time, and then he goes on. Dafla has a whole two shtiklach to explain what's the connection, how he sees the connection between this capital and and the uh, the tkufa that we're saying. He does bring down shamati atam because of the UK, the yud gimel shemes havaya that are found in this. It says yud gimel shem. The Hashem's name is mentioned yud gimel um, thirteen times in this capital. Now that is found in the shem tefkatan and and many other sources. And in Kabbalah, this is out of sight a whole its own story. But as I said, nothing to do with me. I, uh, above way above my pay grade. Now, but if we're going. We're going further over here. Is that the Balatanya? What was not sure, and maybe they didn't know when exactly the first Siddur um, of the Balatanya was printed. But that's something. But in recent years, they actually printed a facsimile of what they believe is the first edition of the Siddur of the Balatanya, which is in eighteen o, which is eighteen o three. The reason why they can't say for certain is because it doesn't have the cover of the original cover on it, but it was printed a facsimile edition. This relates to what's going on in the the, the 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 library being still in Russia. But anyway, they printed the facsimile edition a few years ago, and in here we find that he brings down the meaning of saying Ludovic. So this is an early Siddur, maybe even one of the earliest Siddur after Abshapsi, um, that has this meaning of saying Ludovic um, in El. But in the Siddur of the Balatanya, he does not bring the whole reasoning behind it. Okay, fine. I'm not going into all different aspects of it, but we're once you start, once you get to the 1800s, um, checking randomly in a few different Sederm, I have come across a few different Sederm that has it. Okay. Recently, I was looking in the first edition <coughs> of the Sider of the Nesivis, where the Nesivis prints Sider HaChaim, which Amir Tzashem is going to be a f- uh, uh, episode um, maybe in the next week or two, all about the Nesivis. And he 
in the Siddur, which I don't know if that means that he endorses the Minig, but in the Siddur that he printed in his that was printed in his lifetime that has his Chibur Derech Chaim in it, it also says that they would say Ludab. Okay. But all this is fine and very nice, but it's still not giving us an exp- um, how it's becoming so um, weird. It becomes because sort of after, as you get a little later in the 1800s, then it's fu- found in most in many, many Sidurim. And as you get later and later, it's found everywhere. What happens? Does anything else happen to this to make it um, get after? So I believe, and this is not necessarily a, um, such a revolutionary Chiddush at all, but the reason how this happens is up till now, it's pretty much not in halachic literature. It's pretty much a few Sidurim have it, and these Kabbalah Segulah Svarim have it, or we have this dar- this amazing Darshan in the Jerush Sefer Shara Melech has it, but it, it's not it's not found in halachic Svarim up to uh, in this period of time. Now the the truth is, interestingly enough, there are not that many halachic Svarim in the period of time that we're talking about that really should have it, but the few that maybe on Archaim that that would would have it don't have it, such as I would say. I point to the Chayi Adam, doesn't mention anything about it. Okay. But when you open up the Mata Ephraim, all of a sudden the Mata Ephraim talks about it a bunch of times. The Mata Ephraim says the following, and this is we'll, we'll start discussing it a little more in depth right now, is, when do you say it? Then he says, we say it. Then he talks about other aspects. Um, what about a day with Musaf? Then he says, what about... Um, then he talks about Rish Chaydesh, which goes first. All these are the type of questions that I'm not dealing with today, um, but there are discussions about that. You mentioned the Matei Ephraim. The Mechaber is of Ephraim Zalman Margolis. And I know that it's someone who, I don't like using the word of Bagadolim, but someone who you have a <coughs> hero worship towards, spent many, many months, day, years. Um, and we know anyone who learns halacha during these times opens the Matthew Ephraim. Want to tell us very quickly how that become a safer? Why did he write specifically on these topics? Anything you want to add right now? Yeah. Okay, so... So basically, the story goes like this: Anyone and every, I'm just even my even my Rav. He just began on the past Shabbos. He was talking about Hilchas of El. He goes and right away he quotes a few different Mata Ephraims. Anyone who learns Mishnah Berurah knows the Mishnah Berurah brings the Mata Ephraim Kaseder. So over here, so first the and the Mata Ephraim Mamish is um is as they uh, someone the Meir the Asra of Hilchas Yom Naram. Okay. Now this Dmut, this figure of the Ephraim Zalmargolis, a Galicianer from the city of Broid, is Mamish a not your typical gadol. What do I mean to say? He is very, very wealthy. He's an Askin of the city. Um, I once heard a schmooze of Rav Gifter where he said, a Balabas like him, halavai. It wasn't a common thing, such a Balabas. I was a Ephraim Zalmagos. What do I mean? It wasn't such a common thing. He wasn't a Balabas that which we have today, Bar Hashem. We have Hashav Balabatim giving Shiram all over the world. We have Hashav Balabatim writing Hashav Svarim all over the world in Hebrew, in English. That's not the Kiddush. Ephraim Zalmagos in a dar that was one that was a tremendous, incredible dar was considered by everyone. And when I mean everyone, I mean Hasidim, Litvaks, and even Svardim till today as one of the Gedolei Hadar of the Tkufa. Now. I'm not saying this Stam, okay, he's a Gadadar, you know, whatever. I mean to say his chuvas, his svarim in his lifetime, he's been consulted, he's on crazy um he has a crazy kesher with the different dilem of the ones that are older than him and the ones that are his age. Let's say going the people younger than him or his age, Mamish, we have the Chsam Seifer, Rebbe Kivager, the Chaim Valajaner, the Mishkinis Yankiv, which Everyone knows he has his fights with him, so to speak, but they're not fights. They're they're tremendous machlokesin and learning with Lashma, with not um, any. Um, even though people do like to paint it to be some vicious Galitzianer versus Litvaks, it's it's mamish amaratus to say such a thing, but it's not for now. 
And Rabbi Shlomo Kluger has a tremendous um, kasher with Rabbi Fahim Zalma Golos. He's, he's, he, he, he actually gets him the job in Bride, pretty much. And then the Gdolim from beforehand, such as the Noin of Yehuda, is a young bacher in, the, in his teens. He's already corresponding with the Noin of Yehuda on Big Geir of Enchilus. He has to do with the Shagasari, a very close relationship with the Rishai of Berlin, River Fall Hamburger, and many others. So he, he's not just a Balabas. He's a Balabas that put out many Svarim and and in all different areas, as I, I, my term is, he wear, in his different svarim, he wears different hats. So in some svarim, he's a paisik, some svarim, he's a mechadish, some svarim, he's, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a writing chuvis. He also, anyway, he, he knew a lot. And another thing that's very famous is that he had a massive svarim library. He was an expert in svarim, manuscripts he owned, and this plays out in a lot of his things. Now, in 1834, after he dies, he dies in 1828, tragically, suddenly, um, out of the blue, um, Rosh Hashanah describes this, and basically he puts out this um, massive monograph on Tishrei called Mata Ephraim. It doesn't deal with all aspects of Sukkah, but it does deal with some aspects of Sukkah, but Hilchus El and Rosh Hashanah Kippur is incredible. Now, and it became accepted by everyone. When I mean everyone, I mean the Hasidim, Ara Yoyim, I believe, have a Seder that a lot of Hasidim, they learn Mata Ephraim Yoyim during these, these periods of time. You'll see a lot of Hasidim have it in their Talazekel, and as I said, none other than the then the um, Mishnah Berurah quotes in Kaseder, and that's the Paisik of today, of recent years of the, in the Litvisher world. Now, basically, I'm not going to get into Barichos, the style of the Sefer, of, 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 this, of the Sefer and what's it coming from, but basically everything that has to do with Halacha that could possibly do, he writes out very clearly, it's beautifully written, a, a little poetic even, and he basically touches on everything that could come up possibly in these days. And Ludovic plays prominently, he talks about it about six times throughout the Sefer. So this Sefer becomes, from 1834 and onwards, the Sefer of Yom Naran. And I would say this helped, this is the first station, this is the first, um, so to speak, place that has halachic discussion of when to say it. And he's now, we're moving away from the Kabbalistic aspect or the school aspect. We say it, now there's going to be different questions. What do you do? Um, when do you say it? What about Rish Chaydish, Baruch Inavshi, all the different shilas that people love to talk about Arayoyim and bring up Sarai from here and there, and this Luach will say this way, this Luach says this way. It all starts from Rabbi Fahim Zalman Golos in this Sefer. So I would say, but but the interesting is, he says, I was wondering what's going on. What is? Um, could we trace it earlier in Galicia besides this farm? So interestingly enough, we know today we have something, it's called the Luach Eretz Yisrael. Uh, we have Luach Kashinsky in America. We have Luach from Rav Henkin. And it turns out that Luachis with Halacha are, are much earlier. It has not been traced exactly how far back it is. But in 1815, the famous Maskil, who shockingly was very from, but he was a vicious Maskil. And at the same time, he, he had a vicious hatred to Hasidim even. But he printed in, 18, in 1815, excellent Luach. Um, now, part of the Luach, we're not, we're not getting into all aspects of the Luach, but it has Mamish, um, the Halachas, the Menhagim of Galicia, in Galicia, and Taka over there in 1815, we see them saying that, that to say Ladavid. Now, it's interesting, he wasn't pro Kabbalah, but this Minig was there um, because it's a Minig and whatever. And also, I, he had no reason not to put it in there because at this time already, it wasn't a Hasidish Minig. Let's say if it would have been a Hasidish Minig, I bet it wouldn't have been in there. But hey, these are, those are side. Discussions. Fast forward. Once we know that it gets into the into the matter of Ephraim, this is basically accepted. It starts. You find it in all different sedurim. The Kitzur Shulchan Aruch has it. The Kitzur Shulchan Aruch source is the matter of Ephraim, and then you can find it in all different places. Now, just to say one nakud about the Mishnah Brewer, which I don't have an answer to, is that the Mishnah Brewer, I keep on saying he has the matter of Ephraim and he used the matter of Ephraim. But when you look in Mishnah Brewer, and I. Um, there is an answer to it. We won't get into it right now. But he says, he brings down. We say, "Minyaselu um, Mizmar of Ladavid." Okay, and he brings the whole quote. How does he say for his source? Achreinim doesn't say it's Matafrayim. So you'll say maybe Mishnah doesn't have Matafrayim. Literally, the next piece he says about the minig, which people say to be assigned the whole Tehillim over Elul. Where's the source? Matafrayim. So he has the Matafrayim. What's going on? Here he quotes Achreinim Matafrayim. So this obviously you have to be bucky. I don't know. Offhand, but there are people that have managed to be medayik and called tag shvatag and mishabru, and they can explain what what it is. Okay. Anyway, bottom line is, as part we could say that 
This is sort of what happened. This is the Seder, Shem Tev Katan, Sefer Zechira, Shara um, a few other tachen, a few other stops on the way, but it gets to the Mata Ephraim. Once it gets to the Mata Ephraim, that's it. It's, it's everywhere by that time already, and, and then it's in Sudor. Okay. So this is part one of what the presentation okay, to say. Okay, so it to... seems like you did a very fear analysis of proving that Ladavid is not just Kabbalistic. And you just have to throw in there, I don't know why you keep on saying that you're someone who's not into Kabbalah. I know you gave your address of where you live. You're scared that people are going to be lining up at your door to come to you for breakfast. <laughs> but either way, um, now it's already halachic and it's there, so we say it. Um, I'm assuming you didn't just decided to do this podcast because you found the source um, to say it. Uh, I'm sure there's other possibilities out there that you want to maybe debunk other myths about Ladavid that you want to speak about? Oh, so, so before, okay, but now, so Bittarius Agdama, and this was another um, piece of a puzzle that added me to get into this, to go down this rabbit hole of Ladavid, was the following... Up till now, I'm saying, and, I, and as I said, it's not me that discovered the Shem Tevkatan. There were people that suggested the Shem Tevkatan over the years. One such person was the Chashver of Shmuel Ashkenazi. Um, but earlier, even, I have a list of different people that realized it is the Shem Tevkatan. But today, to say very, very certainly, 1706 is nothing earlier. What happens? A friend of mine, um, Dan Rabinowitz, Daniel Rabinowitz, Daniel, Daniel, Dan Rabinowitz, he's the founder of what um, some people might know, the Svarm blog. And many years ago, he wrote a small piece about a safer. And this safer he he wanted to say could show Mamish um, give us more of a period of time when that it doesn't come from earlier than a certain time because this safer would have brought that. What is he referring to? So, in a few years ago, we're going back to um, two thousand and three. Someone in Bnei Brak put out a safer on saying Shir Shalyain. So already then. And this has been a meaning, especially in today, is that you don't just put out a safer on the topic, alumnus safer. You try to find if there's a, a Jakava safer that's going to be relating to your topic. So somehow he came across that there's a safer printed in Lublin in Tough Lamed Zion. Now, it's not clear if it's printed in Tough Lamed Zion. It could be Tough Lamed Zion till um, Tough Mem Bez. Now, Tough Lamed Zion is Hebrew. So how do we get that translated into um, English? You'll have to give me a minute or two, and I'll tell you the exact date while I'm talking. But this is in the in the 1670s, 1677 it is. And basically, what's the safer? So this is a person who survives Tachvatat, which is in the 1640s. He's a nephew of a great gadol at the period of time. And we're not going to get into the whole history of the Sefer, but it's called Shirei Halavim. Now, what's Shirei Halavim? It's a Sefer which talks about the Kapitluch Tilim, one should say, daily, yearly. On Shabbos, there was certain Kapitluch. On Yantif, there was certain Kapitluch, we know. Um, and weekday, there were different Kapitluch that people would say, besides the Yaim and everything like that. And besides for all this, when he talks about his stuff, so first, first I'll give an example. So we know. So he begins a sefer. We know um, Parak Aleph. We talk about. He talks about the, the Shir Shalyaim that we say. Fine, very good. But then he shows what about Myrif? So he says there was a minig to say Kapitel Kufman Aleph Kufman Beis. Where does he get it from? He brings you down a source from it at the period of time, and then he shows a face that's a chatzois. So taking chatzois has the, the following Kapitel that we're saying. Svardim they would say before Bar Shamar. He brings down they would say Mizmar Lamid. Which is Mizmar Lamid, Mizmar Shir Chanukah Sabayis. Now, what's interesting is he says when he what do you say? Hasvardim no guloimer kaidem baruch shamar Mizmar Lamid. Understand what? Svardim, um, I we say it daily in Ashkenaz. We say Mizmar Shir. Anyway, obviously that's its own rabbit hole to go down of Mizmar Shir when this happened when they get put in the Siddur. And interestingly enough, shockingly, the Mizmar Shir is not in the Siddur, in at least all Siddurim, way way on. It's also uh, more later than one would imagine. Okay, fine. Let's say after Elena, he says, they say, people say, Mizmar Pevav. Anyway, this is a whole safer about it. It's not a big safer, it's a safer. Now, 
Interestingly enough, there's only one copy of this Sefer that survived. It's during this period, in, these, in this rough period of time going on. After Tachvatat, still, in, it survived in, in the Oppenheim. It's in the Oppenheim Library, which is his own schmooze. And somehow he got a copy. Hebrew University does have a copy of it, and he got a copy, and he put it out with notes. Now, what's significant about it? Not only does it so that this person goes ahead and he gives you barichos, what to, which kapitlach were said, is what he used to, to get this. He had manuscripts. He had all the svarim at the time. This is after the Arizal. And he quotes from the Magad of If He had a manuscript of the Magad of Beis He quotes many Arizals. He had Siddha Arizal in manuscript. This is way before Siddha Reb Shapsi that recorded in 1794. He has other stuff for the Arizal. He has the Shlo. He has the Zayar. He has Sefer Kavonis of Reb Chaim Vital manuscript. And he has many other things. He has a rich library, which is its own discussion. What you see over here is, but let's see. Let's get to Elul. There's no mention of saying this. This would have, this is, this Sefer's Kilu the Encyclopedia on saying to Hillam which Kapitluch, and he was busy tracking it down from all the sources that would have said it. So let's say someone's going to tell you there's really a manuscript of Darizal. He would have known about it. So the fact that till today we have incredible discoveries with the Siddur Arizal, and Arizal discoveries has been in the past 50 years and even more recently, is Mashunah that we can map it out thanks to the incredible work of, of, of Rav Yosef Avivi and everything else, and, it, and we haven't found it there. So you can't come and say, oh, it's an Arizal, but we don't have it. We, we now have, thanks to the work of Ahabat Shalom from Rav Yaakov Elel's Machon and everything with him and the manuscripts, it's not there anywhere. And this is a person from the... So so now we could show you that we're already breaking down the dates because if this Sefer is 1670s and it doesn't have this um, Ladovit, and that's the theme of the Sefer, he would have tracked it down, he would have heard about it. So it's a, this was the Raya from this good friend of mine, Dan Rabinowitz, that it's, it has to be, it's going to be from the 1670s to the 1706, 1707, from the Shem Tevkatev. So now what's left is, is a very short period, window of years that one has to find the Siddur or Siddurim that have it, and we have yet to find it. Now it could be that it's before the Shem Tevkatev. Why? We'll get to it. But but this was um, why I'm saying with much more certainty than has been said, this, this Raya, the Sefer was very rare. It was only printed, in, in as I said, in 2003. Okay, fine. Let's move, let's move on. But we are there other possibilities you mentioned. So number one, there's a sefer called Sefer Musar, which is printed in 1671. You open it up, and it has Ladavid in there. Great. Uh, now, besides, there's a whole mystery behind the siddur. But Shmuel Ashkenazi has proven that the editions where this chelik where it talks about Ladavid is taken from the sefer Zechira, which we mentioned is printed much later. So it's not in the original editions in the 17 in the 1671 edition. So we knocked off that you don't have a rye from there. Okay, fine. But as I said already, people like to tie this to the Arizal. So is there a way to tie this to the Arizal? So it turns out there is, and for a long time, this is how it was tied to the Arizal. Okay, so another possibility that's been suggested, and this is a very important suggestion, if it will turn out to be true, is Abchayim Hakayin. Abchayim Hakayin, we know that everyone knows that Arizal had one uh, Talmud Abchayim Vital. This is a great Talmud of his, and he was responsible for transcribing the Arizal's Tairim recording it, and whatever happened with it. Now, Chaim HaKayin was a Talmud Muvuk by Rukhaim Vital. We have Svarim of Rukhaim HaKayin, many different Svarim, and even in recent years we have a Siddur of Rukhaim HaKayin. But it turns out that in 1741, a Yid Rebbe put out a Siddur, calling it Shari Rachamim, Shari Ratzim, and he says in the Shar, and I quote, that this is taken from where? From Miluke Mikisve Haravalikai Chaim Akoyim, who got stuff from where? Ashalike Mikisve Akoyishalikai Arizal, and as Kavanas and everything like that. So, if we could find in this Siddur 1741 that it and it's linking it now from Chaim Akoyim to the Arizal, that would be amazing. And we open up this Siddur. In the back of the Siddur, where it talks about El and has a Gansa Shtikel Mamash, the same piece of the Shem Tev Katan could be found here. So the 1706, it could be, is that now what happened? You could say, very simple, Rabbeinish Akoyan, he got, he stole the manuscript of Rabchaim Akoyan's materials that's really from the Arizal, and that's what's going on over here, and that's how it's in the back. But it turns out that we know that this Siddur is not such a reliable Siddur. First of all, the Siddur, the one of the, the one of the publishers involved with the Siddur just took a lot of material from a Sefer Chem which we'll discuss shortly. 
But more than that, it is already a great Makubah from that time, who wrote a Sefer Minchasaita that was recently printed from manuscript, Maraka Makubal, writes that he cannot rely on anything in this Siddur Shai It's nothing to do with Reb Chaim HaKayin. It's not reliable. So we already have that this it loses out. It's to say that in 1740, we have now getting it back to the Ariza. But, we have, but that's, if someone was alive then, he wouldn't know this. They, this piece of manuscript that I'm quoting to tell you that the Siddur is not reliable from Reb Chaim HaKayin is only printed by Mayor Ben in more recent years. So not necessarily is someone going to know. So it's not so it's not fear if we find that, and we talk, do find different svarim, including Rabbi Yaakov way back in a Sefer Shari Tefillah. He traces Ladavid. Where is it coming from? Rabbi Chaim from Lariza. Problem is like this. Today we know, as I said, my when I'm giving this presentation today, it's based on what we know today. So today we know. We have Rukhaim Akain Siddur. It survived. We have many manuscripts of it. In none of the manuscripts does this whole long piece that's in the Shem Tafkatam, which is now also found in the Siddur Shairachimim, appear. So, and there's a whole tumult about the Siddur to figure out what it is. Machon Zichrenaren published from manuscript the first volume. And there, based on what the, the, the editor at the time, he researched different manuscripts to figure out what he holds is authentic, blah, 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 and he gets to it, and he, and he, and he concludes, um, so in the manuscripts that he looked at, does not have this whole piece. But strangely enough, and I cannot explain this in the Siddur that's printed only a few years ago, less than 20 years ago, it does say, it does seem to be that they that there was a minig in and it's brought in some siddur of Chaim Akai. Now it's not in the siddur Shai Rachman that they would say Ladavid Toiv. Um, they would say Ladavid after the avening. So, but it's not. But it's not. That, but the point over here is it's not El. It's not Rosh Hashanah or or Yom Kippur. The whole Kufa of El Tishrei, and it's not at all the whole reasoning behind it, which is the Kabbalistic reason. I said that Shem Dekatan talks about Barichos. Now, he, he says this as a line, he says, but it doesn't appear in any of the manuscripts. So I don't know why he put it in, because he's saying that this Siddur is based on what he calls the authentic manuscripts. So it means is in some somewhere, somehow it got put in to say Ludavid. It doesn't say that it's saying Ludavid after El and Tishrei. So it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a, even after everything's said and done, this Zichron Aaron uh, edition of the Siddur makes it a mystery because not everyone reads the fine print and reads the introduction and sees what's going on. And we know from the, the actual Siddur, it's not there. Okay, so that but what's significant is that there's no it's not the shame of cotton is the source and it's not from Dariza. Okay, now again, as I said earlier, part of the way we're able to say this with certainty is because we know so much more about Dariza, we have so much more material, manuscripts and manuscripts have been discovered, printed, published, it's not in any of them. Okay, fine. Now we move on and we have another possible early source, and from this source, people have um, quoted that we have a, a, another great early source, and that is that it appears to be in the, in the big shul in Austria. It says as follows. It seems there was a plaque, and it had different interesting hanhagas, and one of them says, shum Okay. El So, Gavaldik, if we could figure out when this plaque is from, Rishalom al Yisrael. The, now, someone sent this plaque with all the other Hanhagas that it said there to the Adderis, and it seems that he was told that it's from uh, Takanas and Hanhagas from the time of the Marsha. Eventually, the, he sends this in. It's printed with, with Hagai, the, the Adderis wrote Ha'aris on all these Takanas. And it seems that the belief was that this goes back to the Marsha. These are Takanas and the Marsha. Okay, but history checking into this. So first of all, in general, it's its own very big subject. Someone wrote a whole doctorate about it. All these in shuls, far, tracing far back. A lot of different things were, there are signs up in shuls. Uh, we find today, a lot of times you have Maiden Durabana and all different things. So certain, Brich Shemay, some shuls have it up. So it seems already for a few hundred years, it was put up my, um, for, easy, easy, we could think of easy reasons for it. But this particular 
I think it's not, it seems it's not that far back from the Marsha, a historian of the city from much later on who knew uh, about Austria, a person from Austria writes all about it, says it's not, it's not coming back because if it was, this we would have a source from the, because the Marsha is there, the Shla is there, the Marsha, um, the Marshal is even there, even further. So it would be great. We have a Luach on the wall recording of it. That, that's going that's giving us all different menhagen. So the answer is it's not as early back. At some point in time, they decided to print the different takanas of the kihila. So it's very possible, and they did not know already when this person wrote his sefer. Um, he printed it in um, the late um, in the late after 1900 already. But he was he had a lot of archive material of the city and everything. They didn't know when it was, but they definitely knew it wasn't that far back. So we cannot say that it's from the Marsha. And the, why am I now, with what I began earlier, saying the whole story with the Sefer Shira Levim that's printed in the 1670s, if it was in the Marsha, Shla, uh, Marshal, uh, it would have made it in here, because this is an Ashkenazi Sefer, the, the same region traveling and everything. So it would have been known. He would have definitely quoted it. He would have quoted and said, he, it's a good chance he would have said, by the way, the Marsha, he would have known about Ludovic. And as he said, he doesn't know anything about this Ludovic. So it's funny that they went out of their way in Austria in the time of the Marsha to say, we don't say Ludovic, no one's saying Ludovic at any weary time. Okay. Now, you mentioned earlier in the introduction that someone wrote, wrote into you, is it a Sabatian Minig or whatever? So this gets to um, one of our, what, this will be one of the last parts of today's presentation. That is as follows. There's a Sefer, and Sefer is called Chemdes Yamim. And the Sefer Chemdes Yamim is printed, it's printed a few years after the, um, I think it's 17, uh, one minute, it's in Tuft Tzadik Aleph. So that will take it to the later 1700s, a few, you know, to about 20 years after the Shem Tevkatim. And what happens is this Sefer Chemdes Yamim also has the meaning of saying the David. So let so what happens is like this. So let before we go look and see what it actually says in the Chemdes Yamim. So let's just give a drop of background. What's going on over here, and what would that be if it's from the Chemdes Yamim? Okay. So number one is it's a big question: is is the Sefer Chemdes Yamim to say it in the terms good for the Jews or bad for the Jews? If a minig is found there, does it mean we shouldn't do it or shouldn't do it? So this has been a discussion that is endless, endless, endless literature, articles, subject. Now, one of the Nakudas is we don't know who wrote the Chemdes Yom. But what happened? It's already Rabbi Yaakov Emden accused them of being something affiliated with whatever, with, with Shabzai Tzvi. Once that happens, once that gets mixed into the equation, Fafalan, if your minig is there and once someone tells you, oh, it's really going to be there, bad bad luck for the Jew, bad it's bad for the Jews in that minig, Today might get a problem. The problem is like this. We know now much more about the Chemdes Yam. Now, even though recently it seems a friend of mine might have discovered, figured out once and for all who the who this author is, but that's a different schmooze. But let's not go there. Lamaisa, in this period of time, in the 1700s, and this is after the Shem Tukatan, what do we know about? The, do people care about the Sefer or not? So Lamaisa, you'll find everywhere. Uh, you can find a long list of people, Svardigadaylim and Litvashigadaylim, they're using the Sefer. Even the Vilna camp, the Vilna son had the Sefer, it seems. The Vilna it seems, knew the Sefer. And other Gedaylim affiliated with the Vilna quote stuff from the Sefer. So the Litvaks, plenty of early Hasidim were into the Sefer also. What happened? What triggered? Not for now, but bottom line is, let's say we'll go in the, just to give two sources. One is, in in a in, in a library a listing of a library of a shul in the seventeen I think seven, in seventeen hundred in the later later part of the seventeen hundreds, Chemnitz Yom was on the shelf. It's in lit a place. Similarly, just this week, a friend of mine, Menachem Butler, sent me a write up about the library of of Yeshivas Chachm Leblin. Where's the mystery? This mysterious library. What happened with it? Did the Nazis really destroy it or not? It's been a discussion for years. Some wrote up all about it, and they started collecting um, the svarim that have appeared somehow, somewhere or another, that from the library of Chachm Leblin. It has a stamp inside it. It appears sometimes on auctions, it's in collections. So I'm looking through the list, and all of a sudden I see Chemnitz Yamo sitting on the shelf in Yeshiva's Chachm Leblin, a Hasidic Yeshiva of some sort. Okay, 
Anyway, we could give many, 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 many sources, not the point. The point is that if it's there, um, fast forward, forget about those sources, it might be a problem. So now I'll, I'll just um, um, say one story with this. About 12, 13 years ago, I was by the great Goin Halachic person, but also a great Mekubal and a Litvak at the same time, Rav Shroyed the Blitzky. And someone asked him, what is the story with the Chednes Yom? Could you look at it? Could you use it or not? So Shrey Dablitsky was sitting in his room with the tefillin on. Kiyadui wore tefillin the whole day. He says, go look what's on my desk. We go into the room. We see on the desk is an ancient copy of Chednes Yom. And this was an L. He goes, how? I does not a yontif that I don't go into without learning the Sefer Chednes Yom. This is what I heard, my own, my own ears. I saw it and heard it from Shrey Dablitsky. In his Svarim, he uses the Chednes Yom Kesever. Um, okay, anyway, bottom line is, so if it's in the Chemnitz Yamim, is it good for the Jews or bad for the Jews, as I say? So it seems that that once it gets there, for some people, it's over. The Minig could have no, has no hope. And that's sort of what happened. Certain Hasidim um, in later years, they stopped saying it. Now, I come across a letter. This is quoted in the literature. Um, a letter is printed in the 1930s. A Hasidish person writing, and he says as follows. Talking about Ladavid, we say like this. We don't say Ladavid. Why not? As I say, once it's in the Chemnitz Yom, we don't say it. As Chasidim, he says. And then he talks about a different filo that we say, that the Matafraim handles and others. They didn't realize it's coming from the Chemnitz Yomim. Says, so what about Amiris to David? Yadu bevadai that I knew that the Chayzim Leblin would not say it. The Yehudi Akadish, the the and he has a, the Rupchitzer didn't say it. Why not? Because of this Nakuda, the David is from the Chemnitz Yomim. Then he says, I was in 1927 by some others in Poland, uh, Enikol from the Yid Kaddish, and he said, bevadai that the reason why that he wouldn't say it is because of the Sefer Chemnitz Yomim. It's in that Sefer. Okay, he says also. The Goyin Rabbeinu Mitzans will not say it. I, but Lamaisa, a lot of Hasidim do say it. And I've seen myself, many different Hasidim do say it. So the answer is, they didn't know, this letter says, they didn't know that the Makar of this is from the Chemnitz Yom. So as I said, once it gets to Chemnitz Yom, it's a problem. Okay. Gewaldik, is it? But the problem is, and, and now, if we fast forward in recent years, even, Hashiva people have written in, 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 in their Svarim, Hasidim don't say it. As we know, Sans didn't say it, so we can't say it. Okay, great. But let's understand this for a second. Is it really in the Chemnitz Yaman? And the answer is, let's open up the Chemnitz Yaman. We open up the Chemnitz Yaman. And if you recall, in the beginning, I quoted a whole long Russian from the Shem Tov Katan about the Minig and the reasoning behind the Minig. And he says when to say it and, and all different things. And now I'm going to read you a line and you tell me if this is what it says here. It says, Anoichi nahagti gam mizmer chavzayin to say, Ludavid, umizmer lama gimel, bechol echam ehem shloisha eser sheimais, koz eher shloisha eser midois, v'nachon loim ram leroish ashmaris beslichos loira rachmim, from ashchaydish elo ve'elech kinoida. Now, nothing personal. This is not at all the minig that's found in the Shem Tov This is not the minig that we're talking about the whole time. Because, yes, he, he had this minig to say it. And the reasoning is taka, this Kabbalistic reason that Panam Yafas brings down. It's also found in the Shem Tov But now, first of all is the Shem Tov Katan is printed before the Chemz Yom. Liter- recent literature has shown the Chemz Yom used the, he- the Shem Tov Katan and many other such swarm. He was a malakit. Some people would use a more grubber term of a plagiarizer. Maybe it's not a grubber term. That's his own conversation. But the point is that if you open and look inside, it's not the minig at all of ours that is, which the Shem Tavkatan says, to say from when, from El till Simchas Taira, and two times in the day, when to say it. This is not what the Chemz Yom says. You can look high and low through the Chemz Yom, you will not find this minig. So the answer, so it's very interesting that the Hasidim at least late, because what, what's also interesting is like this. The Panam Yafis doesn't, who, who will discuss his Hasidic origin or not, but will go for this episode that he's Hasidic. He has no problem with it. And as I said, the Siddur of Shapsi in 1794, also the Siddur, one of these Siddur, they have no problem with it. So they tackle don't know, it's kind of this Yom, and, 
later on, we know Chemz Yamim. It's clear is they knew the Chemz Yamim. They didn't have a problem with it. And it turns out these later people, they never saw the Chemz Yamim. Once it gets a bad name and it's Chemdas, it's not only Minik, Chasidim, they won't, certain Chasidim especially, they won't say it. Okay, but it's obviously a very big arichos in the Hasidic world. What's the story with with, with um, Chemz Yamim? There's been there was a back and forth about it in the in various articles in the Heichel Abesh Kovitz a, a bunch of years back with interesting stuff about it. I'll call upon him. The bottom line is that it's not Chemz Yamim, but it's but it's but Shaila is like this. Okay, but we know I, I what I do not doubt is this Makar and the, that Sans Hasidim and other Hasidim I've heard from different people and I'm sure people have come across and Hasidim don't say it. So first of all, it is interesting, um, and I, I come across this recently, and people, it, it seems to be a very known thing. Shabzai Tzvi people, without getting into, as I refer you to, um, for example, the chatter, the Nahi Svarim chatter, all the different lectures on it, all different things that he did. But one of the things was, Sefer Tillam did play prominent in what we now have from Anagas Nasan Azati. Um, that were published and saying Tilim Bechlal and different things, especially is Mizmar Chaf Aleph. Listen to this. Was when was it said by um, Sabatians three times a day, even in some sources? Says the Nain to be Yehuda in a tshuva. Okay, I'm reading and he says that 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 you have in your city that they say after the Shir Shalyai Mizmar Chaf Aleph Yed I guess it's supposed to say and they because they tie in now if you look look at capital Kafalif, it's about Mashiach. And he throws this in a chuva in Chaisha Mishpat. I guess the the person who wrote him also mentioned that this minig was going on then. So there is something, interestingly enough, Kapitachtil. We say there is some what I'm trying to do over here is there were right to be suspicious of Kapitach Tehillim being added in suddenly at the end of Davani, and it had connection to Shabzai Tzvi, such as Kapitach Aleph. But Kapitach of Zion, I've yet to discover, and I, I don't think there is. I did look that it has a significant thing in the uh, Shabzai movement or, or, and further on, I, 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 looking at it even from Kabbalah's arm, it doesn't seem to be that it should have any any anything about it. And we now have a lot of material of of, of the of what to, to hil- the Kapitach Tehillim that they were into, and it doesn't come up on the list. So I, bottom line is, it's, I would not have it, I, do, I cannot link it to the Sabatian customs, and I also cannot link it to the Chemz Yom, because once I open up the Chemz Yom, it doesn't say what it does.